Hello and happy 2023. I cannot believe we are starting a new year off, but I can't wait to see where this year takes us. Today we have Sarah. She is back on today. She actually was on a little bit ago, but we had some time craziness. So we are having her back on for a full episode. So welcome, Sarah. Hello. Glad to be back. So happy to have you back. So fun to be co-hosting with our VBAC doulas. If you guys did not know, we have a VBAC doula certification for VBAC. And yeah, we're going to start hearing from some of our, our VBAC doulas because I'm going to have them on here and there as co-hosts. I'm so excited to have them on, share where they're at, and of course, have them be a part of this amazing community too. Sharing these stories and hearing these stories on this podcast, seriously, like it lights my day up. So on those days where I'm like, okay, we've got four hours of podcasts, like a lot of people might dread four hours of work, but I don't see it as four hours of work. I see it as four hours of inspiration and motivation for me to keep going on the VBAC link and to share these stories with you. So we have our friend Holly today, and she's going to share her VBAC story, but I'm going to have Sarah read a review of the week before we do. Okay. This review is from Apple Podcasts, and I hope I'm saying this username correctly, but it's Kiowa Glover. Yeah, that's, I don't, when I saw that, I was like, Kiowa? Kiowa Glover, (laughs) I believe. And um, it says, as a doula, I'm grateful for platforms like this to refer to clients and for me to learn as well. Oh, I love that. It's kind of fun. So today we've got myself, Sarah, Holly, and then Kiowa, Kiowa, I don't even know how to say it. (laughs) Kiowa Glover, that's what I'm going with. Kiowa Glover, yes. And we're all doulas. So kind of a fun story about Holly or a fun background is she's actually a registered nurse by trade, but after her VBAC, she found the passion just like a lot of us do and has since become a doula and a placenta encapsulator. So I think it's kind of fun how we're sharing a VBAC story, but together, even with the review, I didn't even make that connection until you just said that, but we're all doulas today. So yay for doulas. Um, and I'm so excited to get into Holly's story. You are tuned into the VBAC Link podcast with Megan Heaton, who is a longtime doula and VBAC mom herself, here to help you get inspired for birth after having had a C-section. Along with this podcast, the VBAC Link offers blogs, resources, and a comprehensive VBAC course for both parents preparing for birth and doulas wanting to take their VBAC education to the next level. Be sure to follow Megan and her team on all social media platforms for even more. Although these podcast episodes are VBAC specific, it is encouraged for all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a C-section from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here is your host, Megan. Okay, everybody. Holly, thank you so much for taking the time today to share your story. I know you've got your little one in a um, wrap strapped to your chest. So stinking adorable. How old is your baby? He is seven weeks today. Seven so we're weeks. going on two months. Yeah. Aww. I was yeah. Say, he looked really little and he was like trying to turn into the camera. I know. <laughs> oh, well, I would love to turn the time. Well, we would love to turn the time over to you to share your VBAC story. And of course your C-section, if you would like. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a bit of a journey with my birth stories. My first daughter, 
she, which was, she's four and a half now. So I was pregnant a little over five years ago with her and I was in finishing up nursing school. And, you know, I was really into like the medical model of care at that point, just being in nursing school and gotten getting all that information. And so during my pregnancy, it was my last semester and I was with a midwife at a clinic and overall had a great pregnancy, great care and finished nursing school, took my NCLEX, finished everything. And so we were in the last few weeks of pregnancy and I got to about 41 weeks with her and we had those tests at the end. So you can check to see like the their growth. It's like a fluid. third tri- third trimester ultrasound where they yeah, kind of go it's like, you know, everything. You go, yeah. Yep. You go overdue and they're like, let's make sure everything's okay. Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Um, and so the ultrasound went by and like, you know, you know, they can't tell you anything in the ultrasounds. And then my midwife had called me later that evening and she's like, uh, you know, your, your baby is actually breech and these are my recommendations and so on. And so like at that point, like I, you know, I still had prepared myself for a natural birth. Um, I didn't want to do an epidural. I wanted little interventions possible. And so like, I didn't even like think of that as like a thing that could happen. And so it just like tore my heart out and like, you know, 41 weeks, you're like so emotional, full of hormones. And so it took me a long time to process it. And I went and had a um, consult with an OB at the local hospital. And they're like, well, we could try turning the baby. But at this point, you're 41 weeks. There's a lot of risk to it. And they're like, basically, your only option is is a C-section. I'm like, okay. And like, I know I didn't have all the education and resources that I have now. So at that point I had to put a lot of trust into the medical system and um, took their word for it. And we had a plan C-section with her, but I was 41 and a half weeks by the time we actually scheduled it. <laughs> so it wasn't an emergency. They weren't, you know, they're like, if you go into labor, it's an emergency, but we'll still schedule it for, you know, for three or four days from now. And so it overall, you know, my C-section went really well. I was able to have my baby to skin to skin right away. She never left me. Like we, we stayed together, which was awesome. I had a really good re- recovery from that. Thank God. There wasn't like huge traumas with it, but even just once I got pregnant with my second, I realized how actually like traumatic emotionally it was for me. So it took a lot of healing and processing and to be able to kind of give myself that second chance and to go for my first V back. And about a year and a half later, I got pregnant with my um, second daughter. She is now two and a half years old. And at that point I really had gotten into more, you know, I was still working as a nurse and I had really gotten into more of like natural living and natural solutions and just a holistic view on health. And I had hired a doula at that point I was interviewing providers at the hospital and I hired a doula who was going through midwifery school and she was just like, just a wealth of knowledge. And I hadn't a doula with my uh, first baby, but she just, it just wasn't like, wasn't what I had expected out of a, a doula, unfortunately, but my doula with my second baby, she was absolutely incredible. She just provided me with so much information 
and was there for me to support me, to help me through like all my emotions with my first birth. And so talking with her about my providers I had interviewed and telling her, I'm like, I still just don't like feel comfortable with choosing one. Um, she was like, well, have you gave home birth a, a thought or like hiring a midwife? I'm like, well, there's no midwives at the hospital that will take me because they can't take uh, backs at the hospital. And in Minnesota, the midwives are home midwives are allowed to take on backs at home and they don't have a, they don't have a huge restrictions there on home birth midwives. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe I'm like, I don't know, there's, you know, these risks that I'm just like, not sure if I'm comfortable with that right now. Um, she's like, well, you know, either way, you can always like interview one and just like get the information. So you have both sides. on, so you know, which way you want to choose, you know, you're fully informed. And I said, yeah, you're right. So my husband and I interviewed, um, a couple midwives and a couple of them were, you know, a little, one of them was a little iffy. I'm like taking us on. She like, didn't really seem very comfortable with feedback, which was fine. And then another one was um, pretty good. She was more medically minded. And then I had interviewed a third midwife and she had had a lot of experience with feedbacks and was just like overall just matched really well with us. And we ended up choosing to home birth with my second baby. And so just that, that whole prenatal care with our home birth midwife, she was just, I mean, it was incredible. The prenatal care alone was just like, I mean, so different from clinic setting. And so about, I was, you know, about 40 weeks at that point and we were going for our home birth and you get to that 40 week mark and you're just like, okay, well, you know, when is this going to happen? Like, you're like, I'm so ready to have this baby, but also like trying to trust your body and like, you know, knowing when the, that time is, is right. And so I was about, I was a couple of days away from 42 weeks and labor happened spontaneously. And I labored at home uh, with my doula. And then my midwife came later on. Uh, my husband was there, my mom, and I labored for a total of 24 hours and we ended up suspecting after um, checking my cervix and checking baby's position that she was like stuck. She wasn't, her head was flexed. So her head, her chin was up instead of tucked down to her, her um, chest. So she was stuck on my pelvic bone for quite a while. And so, you know, after assessing risk and everything, we ultimately decided to transfer into the hospital and the hospital was five minutes from us. So it was like one of those things were just like kind of comforting knowing that it was so close, but also like in this pregnancy and in this experience with my second, I just, I really had a hard time letting go of control and really like trusting my body fully, like 100%. And I think that also kind of affected the way I labored and my thought process. And so we transferred into the hospital and had a really great resident doctor. She was incredible. She was like, you know, you do your thing, do what you need to do. Just let us know what you need. And the OB that was there, she was a different story, but I ended up laboring there for about eight more hours. And that included about an hour and a half of pushing. And I, I had my, my first feedback at the hospital and it was just, she came out just 
she was just screaming and crying, eyes wide open. And I just remember crying and saying, we did it. We did it. I couldn't believe it. I was just like in shock. And, and it was just, it was very healing. But later on, I had found that it was still, there were still parts of it that were a little um, traumatic for me and that I had, I had things to heal from, from that birth too, even though, even though I successfully had a VBAC, it was, it was different and not fully what I expected. And so that leads me into my third and final baby here. We again decided to plan for a home birth. My daughter was about a little less than two and my other daughter, a little less than four when I got pregnant with him. And again, I, you know, we decided to home birth and my husband was like, you know, like, are you sure? Like, you know, last time we, you know, we ended up going to the hospital. Like, do you, do you think that's just gonna be easier if we just plan for that this time? And I said, no, absolutely not. <laughs> like, we're having this baby at home. My mindset was so different. I started becoming, I started as a doula after my second daughter was born. And I had really gotten into that, into natural birth and trusting your body and just like knowing that our bodies were designed for this. Like our bodies are perfectly designed for birth. And yes, there's always other, you know, there's times where medical or like medical intervention is needed, but really I just, I just was so in this mindset of, I can do this. Like, this is it. Like, this is, this is my redemption. And like, I, I know I can do this. And so I didn't even have to interview any midwives. I actually hired my doula from my second birth. She had become a midwife and was practicing. And I just instantly knew like her, her philosophy and her beliefs surrounding birth were exactly what I needed in my prenatal care and my birth, everything. And we started seeing her from about, you know, about 16 weeks onward. And so we had all our prenatal care at home. It was incredible. She really put everything into my hands. Like I, I was, which is what I wanted. I, I wanted control of, you know, the tests that we did, that we didn't do everything. And we actually, we weren't going to have an ultrasound to find out the sex, but ultimately my husband and I agreed to um, have a quick 20, well, it was a 20 week ultrasound, but we had it at 23 weeks and we found out the sex and we were, we were just so surprised and so happy because we we're having a boy and, you know, if we've been having a girl too, of course, we've been just as happy, but, you know, at that point I could get rid of all my girl clothes and start, you know, organizing and getting ready. It was just like one of those things that my heart needed. And so with my midwife that we had, she, like I said, she just, she really put the control in my hands. I felt so, I felt so much respect from her and just, I felt like, you know, every decision I made, I was fully informed. I understood everything. I made the decisions that were best for me and my baby and our family. And leading up to my birth, it was like, I remember those few weeks before we talked about like fears and, you know, if there's anything I needed to process before my labor and, you know, at this time I was like, no, like really, like I, I, I feel good. Like I don't have any fears. There's, you know, there's part of that. I was like, you know, what if we do transfer to the hospital? But like, then there's another part of me that's like, don't worry about that. Like, that's like, just kind of put that out. You've done it before, you know what to do. And so I kind of put that out of my head too. And I was like, nope, we're having this baby at home. And we actually were planning to move across country down to South Carolina in September. And so we were, it was like, 
my midwife was like, do you feel like, okay about this? Like timeline you're on. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I'll go to 42 weeks and I'll still have three weeks before we have to move. Like it'll be fine. And she was just like, I can't believe you're fine with that. I'm like, yeah, I, I feel totally good with it. Like I have so much support and my husband's family were coming right after the baby was born. Like just the amount of support we had was, it was exactly what we needed. And I'm so thankful for that. And so near the end of my pregnancy with our son, there was a couple points where we actually thought he was breech. And so those brought back a lot of feelings. And I kept telling my midwife and my pregnancy, I'm like, this pregnancy feels a lot like my first, like just my cravings, everything. And she was like, okay. And then, you know, <laughs> we ended up thinking that he was breech. I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. But at that point, I was like, you know, it doesn't matter what position he's in. Like, I'm still letting myself go into labor. I'm still going to, if he was breech, I was still going to birth him vaginally and everything. So it like didn't matter to me, but it was also like, okay, I have to prepare for this. If this is our, like, if this is a change of plans. So another midwife locally, she has a little ultrasound that you can plug into your phone. And so we checked quick to see where his head was just so we could confirm and get and prepare if needed. And she's like, yeah, you know, I think, I think he's breached. I think this is his head up here. And she goes, you know, let me, let me check a little bit lower. And so we checked even a little bit lower. He, but it turns out his head was just like super, super deep in my pelvis. And, you know, I'm sure I probably was dilated to maybe two or three with him. Cause he was just so low in my pelvis where they were feeling the shoulders when they palpate. So anyways, that was like, okay, throw out the window. He's head down. We're good to go. And so, you know, just the next few weeks, I was about, I'd say about 39 weeks, maybe a little bit before that. And I started having prodromal labor and I kept referring it to, to it as that. And I have contractions all day long, all day long. And I'd go to sleep at night and they'd, and they'd go away. Nothing would happen. And they were like, fine. They weren't like contractions that I'm like, oh man, you know, try to breathe through anything, but they were uncomfortable. And like, they had changed from my like Braxton Hicks throughout, because I had Braxton Hicks throughout my pregnancy too. So they had changed. They were stronger and lower. And so it was just like, it's just like one of those things that just kind of messes with your head. And you're like, okay, could this be it? You're like, no, probably not. I'm just going to go to sleep. And then you wake up in the morning. It's like, okay, no baby. <laughs> and so weeks of that, and it was just physically exhausting, mentally exhausting. And it's just, then you get people, you know, family who are like, okay, when is the baby coming? I'm like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's like, you want to zone, you want to tune everyone out. But at the same time, you can still hear them and you get in your own head. And that's why now, like when all my clients, I'm like, don't tell anyone your due date. Just don't yeah. like yeah. tell them your birth month, like sometime in August. <laughs> and that is it. Because it's, it's like, people, you know, people mean well and like, they don't, you know, mean necessarily mean to be like pushy with it, but um, I know <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's just like, it doesn't help. It really doesn't. And nope. yeah. So, and then about, there was one weekend that was, man, I got to been, I was 41 and two or three days. And that weekend I just told my husband, I'm like, we just need to go. I need to get out of the house. I need to go out and do things all day long. I don't want to be here contracting and whatever. And he's like, okay, all right, that's fine. So we took the girls and um, went to my, my sister's camper and we were there all day swimming and hanging out and oh, I started having contractions and like, oh man, like, and you get, I get like twinging pains in my cervix and 
okay, this is different. Like this is maybe something's happening. Okay. I'm just gonna be patient and just keep myself busy. And uh, I went to the bathroom later on around dinner time, And I uh, actually had brought my daughter to the bathroom. I'm like, okay, I'll go too. And I uh, wiped it. I'm like, oh my God, there's some mucus plug on my toilet paper. I'm like, yes. I'm like, yes, things are happening. I'm like, okay, back to trusting my body. and like knowing that everything's happening within the right time. And then uh, I went out, of course, and told my husband, he's like, okay, do we need to go? I'm like, no, we're fine. We're going to stay here. We're going to finish our day and go home. So we went home and, you know, more contractions, a little bit feeling like there are more. And actually a week before this, I forgot to mention this. My midwife was like, stop referring him, referring it to prodromal labor. She goes, think of it as early labor. I'm like, okay, been in early labor for two weeks now. <laughs> I'm like, that's not helping, but okay. And well, I will so say that- this though. Sometimes when we sit, when we tell our clients like, oh, it looks like it's prodromal labor. They're like, so you're telling me I'm not laboring. <laughs> So maybe like, maybe if we change it to early labor, it's just like, I don't know. Like you said, it's a really long early labor. Yeah, I know. And like, it kind of helps. It's like, okay, it's all a process. It's all doing something. Like it's not for nothing. Like your body, like my body was doing, I don't know, like maybe he wasn't in the right position. Maybe he was in a funky position where it's like, okay, like my body wants to birth him, but he wasn't finding... That's right a lot position. of the, re- the time, the reason, like the reason why prodromal happens is because our uterus is brilliant and is trying yeah. to work and get our baby into the right spot before labor begins. Yes, 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 yes. So much. Yes. And so then the next day, next morning came, I'm like, okay, I slept all night. I'm like, that's great, but nothing happened. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what are we going to do today? And so we drove about 40 minutes, 45 minutes North to my dad's house. And my husband's like, do you think this is too far? I'm like, no, it's fine. And I'm like, this is kind of going to be like our last time at my dad's house before we like, before we have the baby and then move. And I'm like, this is what I need. Um, and so we spent the day on the lake swimming and just hanging out. I still had those contractions, some twinging and I'm like, okay, this is good. Like we're just having a nice time. And then we went home and had dinner and went on a walk with our girls. And, and then uh, I think that, yeah, it was that night we, had a couple friends over there fixing something on my husband's car. And then I went in back inside and I got my girls to sleep. And, and then I went to the bathroom and I, I noticed even more mucus plug that night. And I, okay, awesome. Like we're on the right path still. And then we went to sleep that night. And then actually early, early Monday, it was, that was a Sunday night. So early Monday morning, like at 3am, I was kind of waking on and off to these stronger contractions and um, kind of like I could, I was sleeping, but I was like breathing through them, but they were just, you know, I could tell that they were, it was more than what it was before. And so that morning comes, I told my husband and he actually had an interview for a new job that day (laughs) uh, virtually. He's like, well, I have to be at this interview. I'm like, okay, it's fine. We're not gonna have a baby yet. And so we went throughout that day and like these contractions, I was breathing through them and kind of stopping what I was doing, like kind of shushing my girls and being like, Hey, I need this moment to like get through this. And then we're good. And then my midwives came over to check on me and my, my contraction stopped. They went away. And I was like, okay, um, you know, this is obviously like my body telling me that I need like alone time. And so they left and then like my contraction started coming back again. And uh, 
my girls were around, you know, they're four and two. They're just nuts at this point. So it was kind of like my body knew to like hold off for a while. And then I actually went to Target with my mom later in the afternoon and we bought a uh, rocking chair. <laughs> so I'm like, I need a chair. This is going to happen soon. I, I just, ha- I wasn't going to get one because we were moving. I'm like, nope, I'm just going to do it. Um, so we were walking around target and I'm just having these contractions and stopping. She goes, are you sure we're okay to be here? I'm like, it's fine. Everything's fine. And I'm like, it's not happening yet. It's still kind of, you know, just in denial. And we get home and, you know, we do our, our day, our nightly walks with the girls and I'm like curb walking and just trying to get things to just to keep going and get stronger. I'm like, okay, these I texted my midwife. I'm like, yeah, they're like, you know, 10 minutes apart. They're definitely stronger and like lower and like more painful. So I'm like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens later. She's like, okay, you know, whatever. And then that night we were outside and uh, my daughter, Hannah, she's my two-year-old and she's like, I'm ready to go to bed. I'm like, okay. I'm like, let's go. We get her inside. My husband and my other daughter outside is playing still. And I got her to bed and and we just like cuddled in her bed and like just got all that oxytocin flowing, you know, and and then after that, I'm like, oh, my contractions are really starting to like pick up, uh, starting to get a little close together. They're about like eight minutes at this point. And I started testing my husband. I'm like, where are you? Where's Callie? You need to get it. You need to get her to bed now. And then I actually called my um, husband's parents. I'm like, can you pray for me? Like, I want you to pray over me now. Like, I feel like things are like, something's going to happen here soon. And maybe tonight's the night. And so just having that prayer, like really helps, like, me like calm down and really like settle down. And then after that, my husband comes in with my daughter and she's like not wanting to go to sleep, keeps coming out of her room. And I told him, I'm like, okay, I don't know what came over me, but I'm like, you need to get her to bed right now. Like she cannot be out here anymore. Like I can't do this. <laughs> he goes, okay, all right. It's like, and finally she, she goes to sleep and stays in her room and he's in there with her until she falls asleep. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to make myself some some toast and and a snack and just like some tea and relax a little bit and maybe just go to sleep. And so I'm in my kitchen and all of a sudden I have this contraction just like, just like comes over my whole entire body. I'm like, Oh man, I'm like, this is it. Like, I'm like this, this is the one, like, this is the start of it. And then finally I'm like, took myself out of denial. I'm like, okay, things are going to happen. And then at the top of this contraction, I'm standing at my kitchen sink and my water breaks and my husband's in my daughter's room. I don't have my phone on me. And I'm just like, oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> like, okay, oh this isn't going to stop. I don't have okay, to this, think this is going to stop. <laughs> I know. I'm like, this is real now. I'm like, my water broke. Like, this is actually happening. <laughs> like, it took my water breaking for me to like actually believe it at this point. And thankfully I was actually standing over um, a rug by my kitchen sink. I'm like, okay, this is great. I'm on a rug. I don't want to move. I don't want to walk down to my room. And so I stand there for like a minute. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. I'm like, Jason, my husband's name is Jason. And he doesn't hear me, of course, because he's in my daughter's room. And and so then I finally like waddle over to my, waddle down the hallway, down to our room. And I get my phone and I text him. I'm like, my water broke. And he goes, great. Texts back, great. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I don't know what, I don't know what he was thinking. And then I called my midwife. I'm like, I was really calm. I was like, hey, um, my water broke and things are happening. And she goes, okay, great. Like how far apart are your contractions? I'm like, they're probably like six, six to eight minutes, like eight-ish minutes, I guess. 
And she goes, okay, well, why don't you time them for the next half hour and then just like text me and let me know how they are. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay. So, you know, I, I have some time. And then little did I know she was actually texting my husband. She's like, I'm on my way. I'll be there soon. <laughs> as soon as I can. Cause she's like, I'm, I don't want to miss this in your birth. And so my husband finally comes out of the room and like, I wasn't like panicking, but I was just like more so excited and just being like, okay, it's happening. Like this, this is it. Like, this is what we've been preparing for, like, and waiting for. And just cause I've been, I was super, at this point, I was just like emotional every day about wanting to have my baby and not be pregnant anymore. And he's like, wait, hey, great. Like, what do you need from me? And at this point I'm like already like, like cleaning up our room and like, not because we were having our midwife midwives over, but like mostly cause I just wanted our room to be prepared. And like, I had all my everything set up, like my twinkle lights, my affirmations, everything. And so at that point, my contractions were all of a sudden three to four minutes apart. So as soon as my water broke, they really got going. And I was, I was really, I was starting to labor through them now and breathing and moaning and doing all the, all the labor things. And I found my like ideal position of laboring. I was I was on my knees, hunched over my bed because my bed was just like on the floor at that point. And my husband's like, you know, tell me what what I can do. How can I help? And like, with my second, with my first be back during my labor, I had this weird, sharp, like dull pain. It was so hard to describe down my right leg. It was from like my butt all the way down to my heel, and it was awful. It never went away. I couldn't find anything that made it comfortable. So I'm like, can you just massage my legs? I had that same that same pain this time with, through every contraction. And I think that was like my only like fearful thing that I didn't want to have at this time. And I, of course I did. And so I'm like, just massage my legs. So he grabs some towel and he's massaging my leg through every contraction in, in between. And then he's doing counter pressure on my back. And, and at this point, I'm like, thing, it was things were really picking up very fast. So my water broke at about eight say about like 8 40 ish and my midwife and her assistant midwife and then another student they got there at about 9 40 because she lived about 45 minutes away and so they got there and I was really in labor land and just really in it really in the thick of it and I just remember thinking I'm like why am I not getting a break I'm like these contractions just keep coming quicker and quicker and like I'm not having as much time between and I'm like I told her I'm like why am I not getting a break she goes well things are happening fast. Like, okay. All right. And still not really thinking anything of it. And, and then, so I was in the, on my knees position laboring, which felt super great. And my husband was like doing counter pressure perfectly through every single contraction, bless his heart. And then at one point I'm like, okay, I got to get up. I have to go pee. Like it's been a while. And so we, like, okay, you have to get up. Let's go to the bathroom, sit on the toilet for a little bit, you know, It'll be good for labor, good for dilating, everything. Okay, I can do that. And it took all my might to stand up because he was, I mean, his head was in my pelvis. And it was just like, I mean, I don't know, some women labor standing up and like push and everything. I just cannot even imagine because like I stood up and like, and I just waddled. I'm like, this is the weirdest feeling and like so uncomfortable. And I got to the bathroom, which is attached to our room, thankfully. And got on the toilet and I remember being like, I can't pee. Like in my previous labor, that same thing happened. And they actually gave me a catheter and took out like a, a ton of pee. 
And then, which eventually actually helped my baby come down. But so this time that happened, I'm like, oh no, I'm like, we're going to have to put a catheter in. She goes, no, no, just like give us some time. And we were on the toilet for maybe 10 minutes. And I had a couple of contractions that were just like, they felt good this time. Like they didn't hurt. they just felt like my body was just like, it's just, it's so hard to describe. And now looking back, I'm like, okay, that was my body pushing. So this time I really got to experience that, like my body is actually doing it. Like I'm not pushing, like I'm not doing anything. Like these contractions are just, I mean, they're pushing my baby out and she's like, okay, why don't you put, you know, why don't you put your hand down there and like, just see if you can feel baby. And to my surprise, I'm like, oh my God, his head's like maybe like a knuckle deep. I'm sorry if that's too much information, (laughs) but um, he was so close. He was right there. And I'm like, oh my God, he's like, he's, it, I'm doing it. Like my body is doing it. He's doing it. Like we're so close. And, and then I had like another contraction that was very light and didn't feel like it did anything at all. I'm like, I don't know what that was. Felt like, I'm sure it was like my body just getting a little bit of a break. And it's still at that point, I didn't think I was about to birth him, but another contraction came and I put my hand down and I could, I, this contraction came on so suddenly and my body just was like pushing. And all of a sudden I felt my baby's head just emerge. And like my hand was over at the top of his head and we were, I was still on the toilet and I was like, Oh my God, I'm like, he's coming right now. Like I need to get off this toilet. He cannot be born into the toilet. Like that cannot happen. And my midwife's in front of me beside the toilet and my husband's behind me. He was doing the counter pressure and I'm so I told him, like, you have to lift me up. He's like, okay, here's a stool back here. I'm like, no, I can't sit on a stool right now. I'm like, you just need to hold me. He's coming. He's coming right now. And, I t- and then I told my midwife, I'm like, you have to catch him. Our bathroom is tile. I'm like, he cannot hit the floor. And I mean, this is all just coming out like super quickly at this point because things were just happening fast. And so then my um, body, like his head was born and then my body stopped and then it started contracting again and his whole body. I mean, he just came out and my midwife just kind of swooped him up. And like, it was just very, it was very like quick. She brought him right up to my chest and he was right there with me. And it was just like, Oh my God, I couldn't believe how, how, how quickly he came out and, and how my body had done, had done that so much work at that point. And, you know, at first he wasn't crying. He was actually very pale and floppy. And I was, I mean, I was, you know, it kind of, it gives you like a little bit of like a, okay, are they going to be okay? Like, you know, I'm calling out to him, I'm, I'm saying his name and I'm like, mom's, mom, your mom's here. Like we're here. We love you. And just like, yeah, it was. And then I saw one of the assistant midwives give the ampoule bag to my midwife. Cause it had been about a minute at that point and he hadn't quite pink, pinked up and cried yet. And um, we're just kind of giving him the time that he needed. And in my heart, I, I knew he'd be okay. And I knew that he just needed some time and that he just came out so quickly and it just, he was, he was stunned. And so just over a minute came and he started crying and it was just, you know, that it's like they come out and they're born and you're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like, yes. But then that first cry and that first, like when they make that face and you're just like, Oh my God. And like, okay. Like they're here. Like we did it. Like everything's like, they're, they're okay. And, and we just, you know, it was, it was just amazing how just, you know, most of the time at like hospital, if that were to happen, 
I say most of the time, not always, but you know, they, they want to help them breathe. They want to suction them. They want to beg them, you know, they want to do all these things to help them breathe. And we really just gave him that time that he needed to, to come into his body and like, and be there with us. And, and it was just, you know, it wasn't traumatic for us at all. Like, I, I think if like someone would have put a bag on him or suction, him, that would have been more traumatic than this experience. And, and so he, he came to, and he, he got pink and started crying and, you know, we're just holding him and, oh my gosh, it was just like, it was a different feeling than my first feedback. It was just, it was just like, I truly believed in my body's ability and my baby. And just, you know, we prayed so much about having our baby at home and, and we just felt so safe and just, and my husband was there behind me and he just, he was crying and I was crying. It's just, you know, everyone's crying at this point. <laughs> And me and my midwife were just so close. She was one of my really good friends too. So it just made it even that much more special. Nice. Yeah, an, it was just such an intimate uh, time, and everyone's probably feeling all of the things. That's how it was at my birth too. Like everyone's mm-hmm. watched you work so hard and go through all of this, right? And now yeah. you're here, and you just did it, and yeah. so the emotions are high. Oh yeah. And I, and I just remember, I'm like, like you want to sit down on the floor, like get comfortable. I'm like, no, I just want to go to my bed. <laughs> like, are you sure? You know, you, they, like, you just had a baby. I'm like, I know. I just want to go to my bed. Like, that's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that was the goal. That was like a big reason of wanting to birth at home, which is like, I just want to be in my bed. <laughs> yes. um, and so we, you know, we got up from my bed and another thing that we had actually thought near the end of my pregnancy was that there could have been a hiding twin. We were either like, you're either your baby's either really big or maybe there's a twin in there or something. He just took up, I had a lot of fluid and he just, t- you know, he took up the space that he wanted. And, and so I started having these cramps again and she goes, do you mind if I like, she wanted to actually listen. And so she, I don't think we actually, no, I don't think she actually listened, but then we felt and we're like, okay, no, no, that's your placenta. It's like the, the clot behind the placenta was the hard spot we were feeling because my placenta was anterior. Um, she's like, okay. I don't think there's another baby. I'm like, Oh God, I hope not. I'm like, I'm not, I'm having another baby, <laughs> but no, it was, that it was my a surprise. <laughs> uh, I know. And I'm like, no, I told her the whole time. I'm like, that's not going to happen. I'm like, I don't know if it was like intuitively or just like, didn't want that to happen. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. but, and so about a half hour went by and then I was able to birth my placenta I had my midwife assist me with it a little bit just cause I, you know, I hadn't done that with my second and cause you know, they, I had at the hospital, they managed it and which actually wasn't what I wanted either. But so I didn't have that experience of like naturally birthing my placenta yet. And so I was just like, can I just want your assistance? And she, you know, helped me with that. It was came up perfectly. And it was really cool because being a um, placenta encapsulator, I'm like, I really want to like assess and look at my own placenta and Mm -hmm. so I was able to do that and it was perfect it looked great and my amniotic sac was just huge I mean you could just tell like I had lots of water in there and he was actually only seven pounds 12 ounces so he was my smallest baby but yeah so my first was she was seven pounds 15 ounces and then my second with my v-back she was eight pounds, nine ounces. So I mean, not like huge by the yeah, means, yeah, not super small, yeah. but just, it was just, I'm like, wow, that's such a, I was like, I was totally, I'm like, actually my husband and I had a bet going that 
he would name him if he was under seven pounds and I would name him if he was over eight pounds. I'm like, he's for sure going to be over eight pounds. Like I got this, <laughs> but no, he, he won that one, but I actually still named him. <laughs> oh, that's I'm, an interesting way to choose who gets to pick the name. <laughs> <laughs> and really, I mean, I knew like, I'm like, either way it goes, I still want the name that I want. And he, you know, he loves the name that I picked too. Yes. I'm just like, I'm like, okay, fine. We'll have, since we couldn't agree on it, we, we made a bet. <laughs> but, I love that. That's so fun. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was just, oh, just such a great, I mean, such a good experience. And I mean, it healed from my first birth, healed my second birth and just was like the most redemptive healing birth I could ask for. Wow. And it was just like the cherry on top of my birth experiences really. So it was just, it was just amazing how, how I went from, you know, my C-section and then I went to my home birth transferred to the hospital, but still had my V back and then had my V back at home on my terms and in my own space with the people that I chose to be there. Yeah. You've kind of experienced, you know, a whole slew of outcomes which is kind yeah. of fun. And I would, I'm, I'm assuming it will help you in your doula career too. Like, yeah. you know, if you do have a home birth transfer client, you know, you can say like, I get it. I've been here. Like, this is what we're going to do when we get there and kind of help them along the way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. really, really shaped me into the person that I am today with like my birth work. So. Yes. Oh, yeah. well, a huge congrats. Thank you. um, I think the most beautiful part of your story is your ability to really trust your body. And I think a lot of moms underestimate that mindset concept. It does. Yeah. It it really worked on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, With my second, like I tried, so I'm like, okay, my body, you know, like, but there's still part of me that was holding on to the what ifs and, Mm -hmm. you know, what, you know, and I think that's partly due to, you know, when you have a C-section, you you get that doubt put into you mm-hmm. and you know, you're like, I, and I didn't even labor with my first, like we went, you know, straight to a C-section. And yeah. so I'm like, I have, it was like almost like a, a first labor all over again, our first baby mm-hmm. and like not even knowing what to expect at all, even yeah. though I had a baby already. Yeah. So I think that's, that's one of the harder things, you know, to really try to separate our births and especially as people that have had cesareans to really dislocate that experience from our, our VBACs moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And every birth is so different. Like mm-hmm. even, even within the same woman, like your births are, can be so, so different. Babies are so different. Like it's, it's just, yeah, it's amazing. They can be so much the same, but so, so different. Like I went from a 36 hour labor and birth, to two hours and 10 minutes from start to finish. Well, I mean, you know, early labor was weeks, but I don't count that. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, my water broke and then two hours and 10 minutes later, he was born. Like it was just so fast. And it wasn't like too fast where I'm like, I couldn't like process it because I was really, I'm like, as long as it's under 12 hours, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. But it was just, um, it was so fast. I would love to know some of, like, if there's any suggestions you would give for our listeners and getting into that place, like your yeah. that mindset, you know, like what tips would you suggest for getting into that mindset? Cause it can be really, really hard. 
Definitely. It is. And, you know, I think one aspect of it is, you know, you look at social media and, you know, if you are following accounts that aren't giving you like positive, good information, I think that can be really hard. And I, for me, I, in the beginning, I just, I started unfollowing all these accounts that I'm like, okay, these are not good for me. And just started following accounts that were sharing positive birth stories and videos and just like all the good things that I needed to fill my mind with. And it made a really big difference for me. I watched, I mean, my daughter, I watched birth videos with my daughters like every day. And because at first, you know, I really wanted them there, but they were both sleeping and that's what I needed in the end. But uh, yeah, I think that, you know, following accounts that give you good information that are positive, that, you know, watching birth videos that have, you know, positive outcomes and, um, and, you know, watching the things and listening to the things of the birth that you want. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think, I think that just makes a huge difference and helps your mindset. I love that. Yeah. Just jumping right into that space and not yes. allowing any of the other things into that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Love and just connect, connecting with other women. I mean, that can be huge too. Oh yeah. And just, I'm, I'm a very faithful person and I, you know, we prayed, a, I prayed a lot in this pregnancy and through our birth. And that's something that really helped help me and just kind of surrendering that like I want to be in control of everything but also like surrendering that control too mm-hmm. was huge that's awesome oh I yeah. love it I love it so yeah. much I love your picture I can't wait for everyone to see it <laughs> and if you if you're listening today head over to our Instagram or our Facebook and look at this incredible picture for holding this sweet little baby Oh, it's beautiful. It is so beautiful. So thank Thank you you. so much for sharing it. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I I mean, I listened to your guys' podcast all through my second pregnancy and it just, it made such a big difference to me to hear other women's stories and just, you know, different stories. And it was just, it was so helpful to me. So thank you. Yes. Oh, that's one of my favorite things. We were talking about it in the beginning, but I love having people on that have listened through their whole pregnancy and they're like, all these yeah. stories have changed my life. Now I'm going to share my story to help someone change theirs. I just, I love it so much. So thank yeah. you again. Congrats, Sarah. Thank you so much for being with us again. It's so fun and happy new thank year, you, everybody. Please. Yeah. <laughs> happy new year. It's kind of weird to say that because it's October right now as we're recording. Right. But <laughs> It'll be here sooner than we know. It will be here so soon. Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Tell us about your experience at thevbacklink.com slash share. For more information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to thevbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.